entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. The Drive-In Theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi Feature presentation. Presentation. What's up, everybody? How is it going? It is Monday. It is eight o'clock. It is Central Standard Time. It is. It is. Uh, what is. What is this? January. January thirty first, twenty twenty two. What's going on, guys? Um, I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. Uh, Jake is out once again. He is still dealing with with some of his um, his uh, injuries um, and just unable to unable to to make it. But he is okay. Um, but if you guys want to send him those warm wishes do so there in the comments he may or may not watch this show tonight um but we're we're back we're back in the studio it's another monday night we're gonna be talking about movies as we do it is it is kind of our thing we're gonna be uh here till um nine talking about stuff so uh thanks for tuning in again if you're just listening to the audio version of this podcast um you know thank you for subscribing but uh it's a lot more fun if you tune into the live version over on our Facebook, our Twitch, or our YouTube, just search for the Drive-In Speaker Box. Drive-In has a hyphen. Speaker Box is all one word. Um, or if you're watching this live stream and want a text to go, you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts. You can just search for that over on Spotify or whatever. Um, Vince said over on Twitch already in the comments, he said, oh, he had a whole thing written out for Jake, a.k.a. Slick Doggy, with all of the, the, the Twitch-related custom emotes for our subscribers over on our Twitch channel. You can check that out. Um, so, you know, tonight, uh, again, you know, being a solo, a solo endeavor, um, you know, I, this show is rarely planned. Um, believe it or not, you know, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm going to just go ahead and start by making myself a cocktail, uh, because Jake's not here to give me a disapproving look. Um, but you know, it, rarely do we plan this show, um, because we've been just doing it so long and there's just this, this lexicon of movie knowledge in your brain that you can impart with your, with, with our viewers. And, you know, uh, another week went by where there was like literally no movies that came out in theaters. I know I talked about Morbius, um, coming out in theaters. That was its old, uh, release date. It did not get actually get released till this past weekend because they pushed it to April, early April, first week of April, I think. And, um, so literally nothing came out and I had had, um, I had had this, 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 you know, idea, you know, rarely again, like I said, do I plan these things out, but I did have an idea and I was going to, going to, uh, listen to you, the viewers, and you guys are always trying to get me to eat these, this, this, uh, the Arby's, you know, you guys know, I love Arby's. Uh, it's, it's no, it's no stranger. To, uh, I'm no stranger to Arby's. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to eat that damn spicy ass, butt blasting, free milkshake given uh, spicy sandwich tonight. That was my plan. I was ready. My mind and my body were in unison. Um, it was going to be a show about self actualization. Uh, it was going to be such a, 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 a coalescence, if you will, of, of flavors and experiences that we were going to share together. Um, 
and I even check it out. I even wore an Arby shirt that that Jake gave me. Check it out. I'm gonna stand up and show you guys. It says, uh, "I'm not going or I'm not afraid of hell." I've eaten at Arby's, and uh, I was ready, man. I was ready to do the thing. And then I and I get the studio set up. You know, there's an Arby's not too far away, and uh, I got the studio all set up, warmed up, lights cooking, doing the thing, dialed in, focus pulled. You know, all my buttons ready to go, levels checked. And I'm like, I'm all right. Now's the time. I'm gonna just go pick up the sandwich because it had a milkshake. You know, limited time. I can't just you know uh, grab and go. You know, any anything that sits in a bag too long is just insane. Um, and I drive up to the, the drive-thru. I didn't see any advertisements for it. And and I, and I asked the lady. She's like, Welcome to Army. And I said, um, Yes, um, where's the spicy challenge sandwich? And she goes, That was an extremely limited time offer, sir. And I was like, What, like a, a, a week? And she's like, Yeah, we sold out of those real fast. And I'm like, What the what the deuce? Why, why go through the trouble? Why go through the trouble? If you're not even going to have it for more than a week, that's just and 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 I'm going in depth about this because it's going to kick off a, a conversation topic because it all comes back to the movie industry and we're going to talk talking about that just like churn and burn limited stuff. But uh, going back to the comments, Garrett said uh, Arby's is so good and he is correct. He is correct. And Sam says at least no one got knifed over the sandwich. Um, you know, I I wanted to knife the sandwich. I wanted I wanted the sandwich. Uh, Vince said I like calling it a milkshake sandwich because it makes you make uh, think that they had a milkshake on bread, or or you just can't get the milkshake or sandwich conundrum uh, that I propose about movies, the shit sandwich or the shit milkshake. Uh, it's 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 it's, it's a, you know a philosophical debate. Um, but this milkshake sandwich. So I just I you know I'm I'm lost. But but I. I I didn't really eat, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to start the show off with a shot of Malort because, you know, I mean, I, I'd planned on punishing myself today and we're just going to, we're just going to start it off. Cheers, guys. Um, we're going to start the show off uh, right. But, you know, again, going back to the exclusivity thing, the, the limited time offer thing and, and, and tying it into movies and how frustrating it is. Um, it's frustrating on two points. Number one, uh, things that you finally get around to getting because not everybody can just drop what they're doing immediately and go um, get something. And and that's how I feel about some of our, our our shorter run movies like our Fathom events and you know occasionally our our Malco will get some short run movies or some indie films or something like that and they go well nobody came and saw them so we're not gonna do that anymore. Um, and they only play for like a weekend. It's like, how are we How are we supposed to know? How are we going to get out there? You never give us a chance to see if we like it. And on the opposite side of that, it's that whole like Oreo, M&M, flavor of the week bullshit where they, you know they're not trying very hard. They're just going, you know what? A bunch of people are going to be super into this for like five seconds and we're going to make our money. And we're going to move on to something else because we're not going to invest in anything. We're just going to see how much quick cash grab that we can get. And... I think that's a really dangerous line of thinking, not just in movies, entertainment, and consumables. I think it's, you know, it's dangerous in terms of just what's going on in our economy with, like, you know, you look at the housing market, you look at the stock market, you look at all, you know, the NFTs and the fact that they're even a thing and, and all this quick money. Like, no one, we've stopped thinking generationally because everything is about the me and the now and this moment. And if it's not 
super cool and profitable for the the physical me right now, then I don't give a shit and it's not worth it. But we're not building anything for future generations to either enjoy, build upon, or get better with. It's just like we're just going to leave a big mess for everybody else to have to clean up. And and we're doing that with our culture and, and our films and our TV shows. And they're all so, so throwaway. And, you know, like with the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man franchise, it's like we threw them all away and now they're like, oh, let's see if we can't scrap these together to make it feel like it was on purpose when it was never on purpose. It just we just kept throwing new versions and new wrappers on these movies. And it's just it's crazy. And yeah, like Elisa says, and it's, we're doing it to our planet and you, you can't we can't do it, guys. Like it's not sustainable. You know, and if you give a give a shit, like I don't know what your spirituality is or how you how you think about the world, but you know, if if a part of my, you know, soul or aura or if I'm going to be haunting this plane of existence till the end of time like in the movie uh, a ghost story, which I highly recommend. Um I don't want to be the shithole, you know? Give me something cool to look at. Like maybe I won't be able to interact with it, but at least I can like, you know, enjoy it instead of just be you know i know i'm probably going to be a pretty melancholy spirit and i'll probably you know you know uh, walk the earth in 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 you know existential crises for the, the the you know as long as there is time um but you know at least give me something fun um to to check out and not just like ugh, i do enough of that while i'm alive so um yeah, I don't know. Sam says, speak for yourself. I plan to live forever. I mean, you know, I am a vampire. Everybody knows it. Um, but I don't think, I think it eventually I will grow tired of the mortal coil and, um, you know, just walk into the sunlight and embrace it. Um, I hadn't seen it in a long time. But anyway, um, cheers to uh, like this Edgar Allan Poe shit that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Speaking of Edgar Allan Poe, whoa, I don't know. That that transition came out of nowhere. I read something in the news um, this week that the, um, uh, the Mike Flanagan, I don't know if you guys know about Mike Flanagan, but he is a pretty talented horror kind of filmmaker, um, writer-director. Uh, he was responsible for The Haunting of Hill House. He was also uh, responsible for The Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, and also The Midnight Mass, which was, you know, uh, kind of just somewhat original story and it was pretty all all hit pretty well it was pretty good stuff but he is now working on a um i don't know how much of an adaptation this is going to be um and every every article i read you know of course they were written by you know young early 20 somethings or teens writing for you know the huffington post but he's doing um the uh um uh, the fall of blythe manor um and, you know, it's, uh, or not Blythe Manor, I'm thinking of the other project, sorry, that's haunting, the fall of the House of Usher, and uh, fall of the House of Usher, of course, you know, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, uh, short story, um, really cool, if, you've, if you're if you into Poe, uh, if, if, if you ever had a, a dark gothic phase growing up, like, you know, we all read Poe, or maybe we didn't, maybe I'm just that guy, um, but if, uh, Fall of the House of Usher was, is, a, is a pretty good one, it's it's a different one, um, you know, than, than some of his more famous works, but it's very psychological, it, you know, deals with family, it deals with, you know, the psyche and the mind and, 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 and you know, split personalities and, and fracturing of your, of your mind and mental state and, you know, 
know, what you perceive as reality and family and, and the body. And it's like, it's really pretty cool and pretty dark. And I think that him, t- uh, Mike Flanagan, turning this into another somewhat um, mini series is kind of cool. Um, and I'd really, really like to see this because I think he handled Midnight Mass very well, even though I thought it ended kind of poorly for a vampire tale. Um, but the first like half of that series was, was very good. And um, the, the haunting, the two haunting ones were, were, were equally as solid. And I'm kind of looking forward to this because it's all about, you know, psychological darkness and, and family and, and you know, stuff we all have to deal with sometimes. And I think that that was pretty cool news. Um, let's see. Uh, Johnny Dalton over on YouTube, he says, Don Knotts and, and, and Andy Griffith should have done the cask of Amontillado. <laughs> so it'd be like, Andy, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'll get out of here or not. Oh, that's okay, Barney. I'm just gonna keep putting on this mortar. Um, you know, or it's the Otis. They put throw Otis in, you know, uh, whatever. I don't know. Um, all good Poe stuff. All good Poe. Um, Edgar Allen, everybody knows, uh, the, the frog brothers, Edgar and Allen, uh, frog. That's a, that's another movie reference. Uh, oh man, that's a good gin and tonic. Uh, so that was pretty cool. And, uh, Vince says, go to Mount Pilot and get help. Um, speaking of pilots, uh, and Netflix stuff and, 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 what I was going back to originally with the Arby's like thing about we can't have good ideas or new ideas. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess this is related. Uh, Hocus Pocus uh, 2 has been announced at Disney+. Plus. It's coming out this Halloween. It's only going to streaming. Um, I'm sure it's going to feel very CW. Uh, but And it's probably going to be just like churned out. It's going to be like, yeah, just give them what they want. We'll throw it away. It's And it's not going to age and become a cultural phenomenon like the last one. But that is news. They had wrap production on it um, this week. And it is moving forward. But that's not what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the new Leatherface uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer that dropped uh, today uh, or yesterday or maybe it was today. I don't. I saw it today. I don't know when it dropped. I know it was before the last time we saw you or after the last time I saw you guys. But this trailer is one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen. Oh, sorry, Garrett. You already you already jumped the gun. He said it better be a good one or I'm gonna be pissed. Of course it's not gonna be a good one. They're like trying to find IPs that we're gonna be excited about watching and then just crap something out. And I mean if you watch this trailer, it is legit one hundred percent taking what David Gordon Green did with the two thousand eight Halloween, not necessarily a franchise reboot, but it's sort of a a reinvigoration, uh, taking you know Jamie Lee Curtis's character and then bringing Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, back and then other characters from the Halloween uh, the series and then injecting them back into the thing and giving it a little bit of new life. You know, um, though one of the the, the 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 things about horror, which is is a lot of slasher films always have the final final girl. Um, you know, there's the femme fatales, but then there's the final girl who's always the the strong uh, willed badass that somehow thwarts the the the, the the antagonist and gets away and in the original texas chainsaw massacre which again was a huge accident how that movie ever got big and famous because it had like no budget and nobody wanted to make it and it was just thrown together but the original texas uh chainsaw massacre star um what was her name um uh, marilyn burns she um she's dead 
So you can't really bring her back, but they're bringing her character back. And they're like, oh, well, now she's like in her 50s and she's grizzled and looks exactly like Jamie Lee Curtis. And she's like lots of scenes of her putting like hats and going, I've been waiting a long time for this. It's like, get the out of what are you doing? What are you doing? We just saw that with Halloween. Are we this stupid to like go, hell yeah, dude, sign me up. Let's do it again, bro. Just. It's it's all Jason, man, and and you know I know there's gonna be some fun kills. There's some ridiculous like Gen Z stuff where the you know Leatherface steps on a bus full of tourists and they all pull their phones out. Like, One wrong move, you're gonna get canceled. And of course he starts like chopping their guts out. And uh, you know I just I mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is this is something that we need. Um, it's something that we're all gonna watch because. And here's the thing. Here's the thing is you know Netflix, their algorithms and their their formulas for what they gonna are gonna go make. It's basically what we all watch. And so you know much like these dumb flavors of the week, we're gonna just like choke them down like junk food and be like, where's the next one? I'm bored. And they're gonna go, well, everybody watched that, therefore it must be good. So. Uh, all right, let's do it again. And can we all just like uh, 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 cash mob like some art films? Um, and it doesn't even have to be art films. I don't want to sound like that guy where I'm just like, oh, you know what we need to watch is while I smoke a clove cigarello or whatever um, and tell you to watch something that's just like sound and color and like, you know, German kraut rock for four hours i'm not gonna don't do that but but you know how do we like all just support an indie film online like in a big a big way to where they go look at this this is popular we're gonna give it another chance um i don't know i don't know the secrets to that but um johnny don says a three was where they should have stopped yeah honestly you're not wrong there um the chainsaw fight in part two i believe is pretty awesome um maybe you know just bring back just chainsaw fight him like put him in do it do a texas chainsaw massacre x in space like jason and give him a lightsaber um chainsaw i don't know do something fun um i don't want to see this again where somehow leatherface was just still chilling out in that old town in that old house with his old parents and weird relatives and they're somehow surviving and uh even though they like eat people but there's no people in the town anymore so i don't know what they're eating and it just is all so contrived and uh it's bullshit so i'm i'm not looking forward to this i think it looks like a big old stinking turd um yeah uh, big old stinking turds. Uh, other things that that look like big old stinking turds that that didn't originate from stinking turds. Um, let's see how many more times I can say stinking turds tonight. Um, Johnny says a very leatherface Christmas coming soon to the Hallmark Channel. I'd watch that. Um, and this was some really weird news that I that I they got in my feed today. Uh, is that apparently. I'm going to turn it up, apparently, kid. Apparently, um, there is a live-action adaptation of The Last Unicorn in the works. And I guess there's also a stage musical being adapted with, like, Fergie somehow, you know, um, you know, London bridging her way into into the situation. Vince is like, what? That was my reaction because, and Garrett's like, why? 
you know, the last unicorn is, I'm just going to go out and say pretty close to perfect. Um, you know, it's based off of the, the, the novel of the same name. Uh, you know, it's, it's a pretty out there novel. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I've never read the, uh, the novels from like the late sixties. Um, but the early, no, like 1982, film adaptation which was from Rankin and Bass Studios which a little lesser known fact about it is that the core one of the 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 animation team that worked on this they outsourced a lot of that animation team went on to become Studio Ghibli and then did um, uh, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind which is also pretty awesome um, if you've never seen that but uh, Rankin Bass, I mean, they were the same studio that brought the, you know, The Hobbit and then Return of the King because they didn't have, uh, they didn't have rights to Lord of the Rings, and that's when um, uh, Ralph Bakshi did the Lord of the Rings. It was like that animated trilogy was really weird because you're too sandwiched by these two like kind of rated, rated PG uh, Rankin Bass animated deals, and then boom, right in the middle is this Ralph Bakshi insanity, like you know, uh, just mushroom trip fever dream of of lord of the rings and they're all pretty good um a lot of good music too i think there's in the first hobbit movie it's um you get uh leonard nimoy singing uh um a, a lot of really cool classics you know down down to goblin town i mean it's, it's pretty awesome but the last unicorn man last unicorn had music from like uh america and a lot of it was really cool not like american but the band america and it had like all these really famous people doing the voice i mean like angela lansbury was in it mia farrow was like the main character alan arkin was in it and and then of course christopher lee did his voice it was super fun and it is weird if you're like into drugs and stuff like you could check it out. Yeah, Jeff Daniels was also in it. Thank you, Vince. Um, you know, uh, if 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 you if you just need something to or not Jeff Daniels, Jeff Jeff Bridges, I believe. Um, it was Jeff Bridges. I, Jeff Daniels is um, that's the guy in Dumb and Dumber, right? I get our Jeffs mis- mixed up. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's it it it's real good and it's real weird and the animation is real awesome and if you've never watched the last unicorn um do it like it is it is fun man and it you know show it to your young children because because that's when i watched it and look how i turned out you know it's fine it's good uh you know i i highly recommend uh, the last unicorn um but i don't recommend a live action adaptation of this shit nor do i recommend or or condone a a stage adaptation with fergie like no no okay vince over in and twitch is throwing some some hot fire He's saying Last Unicorn is greater than the Goonies. Come at me. Oh, man. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And that's a whole... I mean, I don't have a whiteboard here. So I could, like, flowchart you why you're wrong. Um, but um, there's 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 reasons. Um, mainly because Goonies is not an adaptation. Although there were a lot of knockoff clones in the mid to late 80s of movies that were um, trying to be like Goonies. There's one, I, God, I cannot remember the name of it. It's like called like Go Kid or something. And the, the, the cover art looks exactly like the Goonies. And um, a, lot of, a lot of people tried to 
you know, capitalize on the success of that. But uh, Johnny says, make a PowerPoint for next week. Don't tempt me because I make amazing PowerPoints. I did it for years with my stage, the stage version of the, the drive-in speaker box, which I did live in front of a studio audience. Um, it was it was good times. Um, Johnny Dalton, man, what he like the buttercream gang? Why are you so obsessed with the buttercream gang? Is it did 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 mommy hurt you? Did she did, was buttercream gang like you know were you strapped into a chair kind of like in you know Clockwork Orange and your mom would give you like milk plus and put on buttercream gang it's like this will prepare you for the buttercream and you like have to be punished with this buttercream gang because you're always on that buttercream gang kick and at first I was like oh yeah he likes this movie but but mm, I don't know. The more I feel like there's darker undertones to this this cream gang. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking of cream gangs, it's taking a significantly darker turn too, with jokes that I won't make because this is rated PG thirteen. Um anyway. Yeah. I needed that. Um I'm gonna make another one. Uh because I didn't get my Arby's man. I um I'm really upset about it. I'm upset about it because that that was my plan. And like I I'd been planning all day on. I didn't really eat anything um today. Like I had some lunch with my mother. Shout outs to my mom. Um and and I guess yeah, there's nothing really for me to eat. I probably should eat. The only real like I did discover this because I was like, if I'm going to eat something, I, I have this bag of like um, artisanal popcorn that was meant to be a Christmas gift to someone who doesn't want it. So, um, yeah, I guess I can just tear into this. Uh, I, it's like five gourmet popcorn flavors. It says caramel, chocolate flavored, kettle corn, snickerdoodle, and ranch flavored. And um, I don't know how long this stuff lasts, but... Uh, it says store in a in a in a in a warm place, which oh it says do not store in a warm place. So so good, uh, best if consumed by uh, February first, twenty twenty two. So man, I better get in this thing because um, it expires tomorrow. So let's uh, let's just get on it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna unbag this. Uh, it's like an unboxing video for. For popcorn fanatics, I mean, it's popcorn. It's the drive-in speaker box. It's relevant. Why is there a zip tie on this? Um, I'm gonna have to get like tools. I've got tools. Um, yeah, check it out. I got, I got one of these. Everybody, every, every person should carry a knife and then point it at your face when you're pulling uh, and cutting. So, um, okay, this is ranch. We don't want that. Um, what else do we got? We got Snickerdoodle. That, that, that one could be a good one. Um, Crunch. Chocolate Crunch. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for Caramel, because that's my jam. Caramel Corn. Bingo. And then, I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, I need a reminder. Kettle Corn. Now, that one that can go over there. Um, and there we go. Alright, let's pop this sucker open. Um, give me some... some munchies uh vince says oh i thought it was a big tin silver bags um no it wasn't a big tin because it was in like a special delivery bag and um a friend of mine who really likes flavored popcorn uh i i got it and never got a chance to, to you know whatever 
it is what it is. So uh, I'm gonna eat your popcorn. There it is. Oh, it's so good. That's actually pretty good. All right, now we got our popcorn. Because that's going to really soak up all this gym. Let's keep talking about movies. Last Unicorn. Don't Go watch the original. Don't watch this remake shit. Speaking of other things getting remade. Um, we've got... And I don't know how I feel, feel about this either. Because we've already been down this path before. There's a new live-action Dungeons & Dragons series being adapted, right? And everyone's like, oh, it's so new. We've never seen Dungeons and Dragons on on a screen before. Except for the animated show. Which is pretty good. Doesn't age very well. Kind of like Captain N, the Game Master. You're like, man, that cartoon was awesome. And then you watch it again. You're like, not as awesome as I remember it. Um, so, there's that. But you've got the, the, the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. And then, you have that game, um, or that movie, was it like Dungeon Siege or whatever, with the with Jason Statham, and he has one last dragon slay, or whatever, which is also, I believe, based on Dungeons and Dragons, and there was another one that I cannot remember, because I can only remember so much, but, um, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's just not good. Uh, Vince says, this is fine, but if it was listening to the podcast, this popcorn make me want to claw my skin off. Haha, ha, sorry, it's ASMR. Somebody's getting an erection uh, listening to me eat popcorn, so deal with it. Um, Johnny Dalton says, Night of the Living Dead, The Thing, A Star is Born. Okay, so three. Um, you know, these these live-action Dungeons & Dragons adaptations, you know, yes, Dungeons & Dragons is popular right now. People are really digging it. Um but I just don't think that that warrants making movies. And, 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 and live action stuff, I'm getting real sick of live action stuff. We don't need live action everything, you know? Honestly, give us some animated stuff. There is actually an animated Dungeons & Dragons um, series that's on Amazon Prime right now. I think it's only like, it's like episodes every Friday. I think they're up to four. Um, I haven't checked it out. It's like... Legends of Praxis, or I don't know what the hell it is, um, but my my dungeon master, because yes, ladies and gentlemen, I play Dungeons and Dragons, as if you didn't, you couldn't pick me out of a lineup, um, but it, um, I haven't played in a minute, I finished my campaign, got level 20, played the same campaign for almost two years, um, but, you know, there is a di deep, rich lore and history and and geography and all of this kind of stuff in Dungeons and Dragons and um it doesn't need to be live action everybody's looking for the next game of thrones and it's not going to happen wheel of time kind of sucks y'all books are good the show is not good what else have they they've they've tried to do um like, oh, they're, Amazon's doing the, the extended Lord of the Rings. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to capture that magic. You know, Guillermo del Toro's on to other things. He's making stop-motion Pinocchios, which I really want to see. But, um, and Dungeons and Dragons, the part about, the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is, yes, there is lore. Yes, there are these stories. Yes, there are characters, you know, and, and geography and all of the stuff that people 
you know, play this game and experience, and there's, you know, beholders and certain, you know, dragons and Lestrade and all these cool characters, and, um, you know, uh, but the the part that makes Dungeons and Dragons cool is you're in control of the story. It's about you, and it's about your imagination and your experience and what you bring to the table. A live-action Dungeons & Dragons is not going to do any of those things. It is missing the core component, which is our collective imaginations of you and your friends expressing the things that you expressively want to happen in this story. This is a key principle of what makes Dungeons & Dragons cool. How is it that producers are not seeing this? Uh, You know, much like how Disney... In, in their forever wokeness, you know, and, and this is a this is another topic. This is the, where uh, Elderly Child says, yo, what are we talking about here? Right now we're talking about the live action Dungeons and Dragons series that they're wanting to do. Um, you know, it's it's the, the, the Red Notice director is now set to write, direct, and executive produce. So if you guys like Red Notice, get ready. Ugh, it's going to be Dungeons and Dragons starring The Rock as the Barbarian and Flavor of the Month, a sexy heartthrob rogue and trending strong female lead as a um, Valkyrie. And then uh, uh, we're going to we're going to go BIPOC, uh, questionable sexuality uh, wizard is going to be in there. And then there's going to be um you know, wheelchair hero, and, uh, you know, that's just, it's what it's going to be, I promise you, I promise you to God, that's what it's going to be, and, you know, and, but the crazy thing is, is that's what Dungeons and Dragons actually is, it's a bunch of people from different walks of life coming together on a table and having an amazing, fun adventure with their imaginations, but they're going to fuck it up, you know they're going to screw it, because, because they don't understand how to do diversity without beating it over the head for diversity's sake and going to the Disney Channel and their forever wokeness because they're like, oh, yeah, Disney, they're always thinking about me. And then they're like, well, let's remake uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves with a Latinx crew. We're going to call it Snow White and the, and the Seven Dwarves, Latinx. Latin, everybody likes Latinx. And then Peter Dinklage is over here and they're like, the fuck? Did you just say dwarves? And like, how did Disney miss that? How did you miss that, guys? Like, we don't do dwarves no more, you know? Um, and and <laughs> it's like, it, it, it proves that Disney doesn't give a shit about any of this stuff. Disney is there to make a buck. They're there to, to have algorithms tell them what's trending. And then they are going to invest money in it to go get that money back. Just like the Arby's Fire Sandwich at the beginning of the show. They're just going to do it for a limited time, make their money, move on to the next project. They don't care about you. They care about them dollar bills, and that's all. We are just data and algorithms to them. So, um, let's see. Elderly Child says, what if they did it like Jumanji, but the kids get sucked into their own D&D game? Have you seen any of the Jumanjis lately? Um, Garrett says, I feel like we could say the same thing about Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is dope. Toshiro Mahune is dope. If you've never seen Seven Samurai, give yourself three and a half, four hours and just settle in, buckle up for the the greatest samurai epic ever told. Akira Kurosawa's masterpiece? Talking about, oh, watch black and white movies. Shut up, sit down and Seven Samurai. Because Seven Samurai is, it's more Dungeons and Dragons than this live action D&D is going to be. It's something for everybody. 
Um, but D&D, there is a magic there that they will not be able to capture because, you know, if coming from someone who plays, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is so cool because it allows people that think differently, that, that, that approach problems differently, that have different um, uh, perceptions of themselves and express it in a way that's accepted and also highlights the utility and importance of variety and diversity. Dungeons and Dragons is so freaking cool. All children should play Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know, I know it's been banned since the 70s. And I'm like, I'm going to worship the devil. No, you're not. You're going to go slay the devil because that's cool. Except for if you're me, if you're Lord Rillian Avery, uh, pirate lord of the, the islands of Cholt, then you're probably going to make a deal with the devil lord so that you can get a lot of money and a lot of influence and a lot of sway. But sometimes, yeah, that's not, I'm, I'm not selling my soul. I'm just, it's just a good business transaction. But that's the kind of character I play. I abhor violence and I solve my problems with other people, money, and negotiations. And, um, but you know, it's important to have that diversity and li uh, live action Dungeons and Dragons is just going to screw it up um uh johnny says uh his son and him will get into it when he is old enough and i highly recommend that um anybody that's out there i don't think any of my listeners are on the fence about like if dungeons and dragons is, is bad for children i'm pretty sure we're all geeks um but it's such a wonderful learning tool and a team building tool and find yourself a good dungeon dungeon master you know pick it up try it out like it's it, it 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 you know I'm a grown ass man and it is still fun you know it is it is a it is a fun way to hang out and do something that's not watching TV it's not I mean you could still dude I have some the we drunk D and D and it's a lot of fun and I'm pretty sure that my dungeon master is on various hallucinogens when he's playing um shout outs to to my DM but um you know it, it, it's just an immersive experience and you should really give yourself a, a chance Vince says I heard a quote that really makes sense Americans love the mediocre yes we do we love our chicken tenders with ketchup we love our hamburgers plain we love our Mexican uh, food with no spice we love you know we love sugar chicken we love you know all, like we are the blandest of cultures but somehow we've managed to like overtake and overcome every Everything, uh, it, it's pretty crazy. Uh, elderly child said it's also fun if you are good friends with the DM and they bully you. Um, well, it's all about building friendships. I mean, my 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 DM, um, we became friends through Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't know him all that well when I when I when I started playing, and you know, I consider him a super close friend now. And um, you know, the 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 relationships you build, it's the magic was in you the whole time. Um, but yeah. Um, I don't want to see a live action Dungeons and Dragons. You don't see that crap. Uh, I know we've been we've been digressing. Uh, well, I need to digress because I know we've been uh, rabbit holing down a bunch of um, movie news. Sorry, Vince. I'm eating more popcorn. I'm pretty sure the person whose popcorn this was intended for might be watching, and it's delicious. Um, so neener neener. Um, there are movies coming out this weekend, right? There wasn't last week, so we're going to talk about them. Let me just wash this down. It's weird not having a co-host, because I have to get back in that mode 
of continuously saying words so it's not boring for the people that aren't watching the video. Because the people that watch the video get to see this. But you don't know what that was if you're listening to the podcast. Um, but opening in theaters. There are movies coming out this week in theaters. There are uh, three movies coming out in theaters this week. Why? Did no movies come out for the past three weeks, and now all three are coming out this week? Because Spider-Man, which is actually getting close to pushing the... Um, it's knocking on the door of domestic uh, record setting for Avatar. Which is getting three sequels, by the way. If you didn't know that, James Cameron has been in a cave, in a secret bunker of his own design, doing Avatar sequels. I think he is becoming the Howard Hughes... Like this, he is making himself an avatar spruce goose, um, of which will never fly. Uh, but you know, um, that's a reference. Google it. Uh, anyway, in theaters this weekend, I'm going to start with the one that I don't want to see the most because it's directed by Roland Emmerich, and Roland Emmerich is a guy that makes really shitty movies. Um, it's the new movie with Halle Berry, Patrick Wilson, John Bradley. Uh, it's called Moonfall. Um, if you know Roland Emmerich, he is known for big, over-the-top CGI destruction films. So it's generally world-ending events. Because I want to say that in like the late 90s, he maybe developed a technology much like James Cameron does for his films where it's like, oh, this is how we just, I own the patent for lots of buildings getting knocked down in CGI. And so he only, only makes movies like that. I mean, Independence Day, Godzilla, Day After Tomorrow, the other Independence Day. Um, you know, uh, he he did have a little bit of hand in Stargate, which I th I'll give him a pass for Stargate because Stargate's pretty cool. Um, 10,000 BC, what a piece of shit. Like, these movies are all the same shit. It's like, what if the world gets cold? What if the world got hot? What if the world had a lizard that stepped on stuff? What if the world got lasered by aliens? What if the world... And they're all so stupid. If you watch The Day After Tomorrow, that's the one where, um, what's his name? Uh, 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 oh god, who's the dude that, that, that stars in the... Jake Gyllenhaal. He, like, outruns temperature? Like, what the f what the hell is this movie? It's so laughably ridiculous. He like shuts the door on subarctic weather and it's like, oh, it's coming for me. And he like closes the door and he's like, whoo, didn't get me. And like, oh God, Roland Emmerich, what the hell? And now it's what if the moon crashes into the world and it's called Moonfall. This movie looks so stupid. Um, Johnny Dalton says Moonfall looks like a fun drinking game movie. If AMC would open their bar back up, I would go see Moonfall. I would go see Moonfall with a flask. I would go see Moonfall with a with a cocktail. I would not see it here or there, but I would see it with uh, a bit of hair of the dog. Um, that's I'm pretty sure that's a uh, um, a, a a book. Um, green green eggs and 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 cocktails. Um, but not one of the banned ones. Moonfall, it looks like crap. I'm not going to go... I'm going to go see it. I'm, I'm going to go see it at the Malco because their bar's open. And if someone... If, if, if friends want to go, we'll go see it. We'll go laugh at it. But that's coming out. Also coming out this, this week is uh, from director Scott Derrickson. It is The Black Phone. And The Black Phone is Ethan Hawke being real creepy. And Ethan Hawke... 
Ethan Hawke has been in the game a long time. This guy has been acting for his... I mean, longer than, longer than I've been alive. Like, he was a child actor that's just been doing it, doing it, doing it. He's consistent. He's quality. He's in, you know, one of my favorite trilogies, uh, the Before trilogies. Um, you know, Ethan Hawke, uh, Gattaca. Come on, Gattaca? That movie ages so well. Um, you know, The Explorers. If you've never seen The Explorers, do yourself a favor. Uh, Vince Twitch Bench, you're going to hate the Explorers because it's Goonies, it's sci-fi Goonies. Um, but 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 The Black Phone is a new horror film that I just don't know how I feel because I want to say that Ethan Hawke was in another indie horror film about like VHS tapes and I can't remember. I mean, this could have been like in the Bernstein Bears timeline, I don't know. But um, Ethan Hawke and horror, like I feel like Ethan Hawke's getting at this point in his career where he's just taking on, didn't he do that like Anton Fuqua uh, movie? Uh, Vince, you love the Explorers, but you don't like Goonies? What's wrong with you? Are you broken, son? It's River Phoenix, probably. I don't know. I think that's probably, uh, anyway, um, Ethan Hawke, I, I just feel like he's he's taking on a lot of roles that don't make a lot of sense right now, but the Black Phone does look pretty creepy, and um. I'll take it. Uh, Vince says The Explorers was his first movie in 1985. Uh, he, yes, it was his first feature-length film. He had been doing a lot of commercial work um, before that, but then that was his big, big break, and he he crushed it. He he was fantastic in that movie. Uh, but that one's coming out this weekend, and the the movie that I'm most excited about, and this is gonna this is gonna gonna reveal a very very embarrassing and dark aspect of my personality um <laughs> is i i don't even know if i should tell you how ex how truly excited i am about this movie um the jackass forever movie is coming out and um i don't know how you guys feel about it but I could not be more pumped for this movie. I am so pumped for Jackass Forever. You guys do not understand that Jackass is my god. Um, it is something to me, like, aside from the stunts, aside from, you know, like, watching someone get rammed by a bull, which, by the way, if you've seen the interviews, Johnny Knoxville got brain damage from that. He was just like, that was the worst hit I've ever taken in the history of Jackass, which started, I want to say, back in like, um, my God, it had to be the late 90s when they started doing those videos because they were they were skate videos. And that's when I actually, I was a kid, and I got got a hold of these CKY DVDs because there was a head shop around. That, and I was like, what is this? And, and that was like Bam's crew. If you know the history of Jackass, this is why I love Jackass is because Jackass... It, it, it was kind of one of those stories to anybody that that, that, that was a child in the 90s. And, you know, I mean, we didn't have cell phones in our pocket, you know, like movie cameras in our pocket. It was, you know, I, I, I had done a lot of dumbass stunnery with me and my friends. We, we, had, we, we did something called Fireworks War that to this day has not been outdone because I, I, was, I was always the brains of the project and I got a wholesale uh, distributor's license of fireworks when I was a teenager and, um, you know, through, through probably a little bit of forgery and, you know, what we're not going to talk about. 
whatever. But the point is, is I was able to buy an entire U-Haul full of fireworks and me and my friends pulled together almost $2,000 between like the 20 of us. You know, it's not much when to split like 20 ways, but you know how much fireworks you could buy wholesale? Like you're going to open a stand and then we would do these insane stunts with fireworks. And, but, but Jackass was kind of like this, this, you know, if these guys can do it, so can we. And, um, we were, you know, it, 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 if you, if you look into the history of this, it's just a bunch of dudes that were homies that were just doing silly stuff. Oh my God. Furious apology over here with the chaos bucket reference. Holy shit. Somebody has seen fireworks war. Um, yes, the chaos bucket, but, uh, you know, these, these guys, they're just for, and they're friends to this day, you know, and, and they've been doing just silly stuff with camcorders. And then they were in a bidding war with MTV and Comedy Central and all the, even Saturday Night Live, one of these guys. And then they, and then they, they pieced out of the MTV show because they didn't like where it was going. And only three seasons. It was only three seasons. You think about shows that happen now that almost nobody watches that go on for like 10 or 12 seasons. This was a cultural phenomenon that only lasted three seasons. And they did a handful of movies. I think the first movie was in 2002. Oh my God, 20 years. Um, you know, and then there was the second. I took, I like, made my mom watch the Jackass movie. And she was like, I almost threw up watching that dude take a shit. But, uh, um, but now I'm she's hooked and I'll probably take my mom to see the new jackass movie um Mark uh says hey Mark what's going on uh, a, a fellow it's a skateboarder right there Mark Landry um over there he he's a skateboarder so I know he's watched some CKY videos Big Brother skateboard mag and the old CKY videos were the first place I saw the jackass guys one of my I have never laughed harder in my entire life than Watching Brandon DiCamillo take a shit, wipe his butt, put the toilet paper in his fist like a dagger, and then go above a sleeping friend and go, congratulations, and stab, and then the stab wipe. The stab is enough, but then he stabs and wipes, and I think it was uh, Ryan Dunn, and uh, he, you know, pour one out for Ryan Dunn, dude. I mean, moment of silence right there. I'm going to. He was one of my favorites, but uh, but then he got revenge by peeing on his face. Like, what the hell is happening with these guys? But it was so hysterical, and to me, it was it was about. And I know this is gonna sound so dumb because I'm trying to get heartfelt about jackass, but it's about friendship, you know, and 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 in in such a pure way. And these guys are such a crazy inspiration for people like me who are DIY media makers like like this like literally what you're looking at right now um is inspired by oh if a bunch of guys with a camcorder can do it I can do it too and if all they're doing is skateboarding and hitting each other in the dick with you know whatever bb guns then then i can do it too and you know and it's and, and then it's hilarious like the johnny knoxville stuff where he goes on and in men in black 17 or whatever and um does the the bad grandpa like i'm not into that but watching the jackass guys hang out goof around like have fun prank each other and just be friends because i don't know who you what what walk of life you come from friends prank each other 
friends like to friends like to rib each other. They like to do, but this is to the extreme. And 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 to me, like watching that, you know, it's very rare in your life where you get to have friends that last a lifetime. And seeing a group of guys, and I know you know money is probably part of it. And but but watching them like kick Bam out because of his substance abuse. It wasn't because they didn't like Bam. It's because they just don't want him to do drugs, man. And they were hoping that this would clean him up, but it didn't. It only made it worse. But they 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 actually care, you know. And all these guys are homies. And it's, I don't care what you say. I don't think you, I don't care if you think it's dumb. Um, I am super into Jackass. So, like, it's so good. Uh, Mark says, you ever watch Dumb, the story of Big Brother Magazine? I think it's on Hulu. I have not. I need to check that out. Um, because Big Brother Magazine was where uh, Jackass real originally pitched, like with Johnny Knoxville, but CKY they were doing their own thing, and they kind of they kind of uh, converged. And um, you know uh, what 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 did CKY stand for? I know Mark's gonna know this. It was like um, very relevant to, to today's Gen Z. Oh, Camp Kill Yourself. That's that's what CKY stands for. Um, but yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You go back and you watch these, uh, you know, the Big Brother. Uh, it's it's it big. So in in the nineties, skate videos. I mean, everybody does a skate video now. Most of it's um, fail videos. But skate videos were so DIY, and it was it was such a movement that still hasn't really been appreciated. You know, um, what was it uh, Lance Mountain? Was it Lance Mountain? I think because I grew up watching him. I, I was always fat and I could never skateboard, but I always wanted to. And so I watched these guys and I wish that I could have been these guys. And then you you see these guys in, in their real lives. And um, it's just pretty cool, man. I don't I don't know. I, I just can't say enough fun stuff about about Jackass. Uh, so I'm really pumped. Mark, if you want to go see Jackass with me, um, let me know because I am down, my friend. I'm not going to go skateboard afterwards. That's for you. Because I will kill myself. And I like having my pretty teeth. And um, that's how it's going to be. So, Jackass Forever. Coming back in theaters this week. Pretty amazing. Can't believe that they're even doing it. But they all have way better insurance than I do. So, what are you going to do? Um... So yeah, that's what's coming out in theaters this week, and wow, it is almost time for us to be done. Um, February 4th, so that's going to be um, this Friday, this Friday coming out. Um, I guess it's time for us to do the box office roundup, because it's we're almost out of time. We only got five minutes left, guys. Can you even believe it? I got caramel corn. I've got gin and tonics in my, in my fun skull mason jar. Um... I don't have a spicy Arby's chicken sandwich, which is problematic to say the least. I wore my Arby's shirt. I didn't wear my Arby's hat. I almost wore my Arby's hat, but I felt like that would have jinxed it, and I jinxed it either way. So, say la vie. Next week, if Jake is not here, then I will have some other challenge food. I don't know. Put in the comments before I'm done. Like, what do you what do you want? What do you want next week? You just want me pontificating about life and and film and making weird um, stream of consciousness like movie recommendations. I mean, what what were our takeaways tonight? Uh, Last Unicorn, go watch it. Um, 
the Explorers, go check it out. Uh, the uh, Edgar Allan Poe, go read it. Fall of the House of Usher. Um, what what else did we we covered a lot? There's a lot of there's a lot of deep dives um, that 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 we covered tonight. So. Um, Vince says, not getting the sandwich is the worst thing in 2022. Oh, speaking of bad things in 2022, there was a, another death. Um, uh, Howard Hesseman, he died tonight, like or not tonight, he died this week. He, you know, not a huge star, but he was, you know, I don't remember him very much because he was a little bit before my time, but, you know, I remember uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, like as a very young person, a very young child, and that was a thing, and, and head of the class, which I don't really remember, but I I, I, there, there was a thing, um, but Vince threw it up in the Twitch. I do remember him from Spinal Tap. Uh, he was pretty awesome at Spinal Tap, but he died uh, this week at age 81. Um, and Johnny Dalton, he was in Flight of the Navigator. That's right. That's right. I forgot about Flight of the Navigator. That's a movie that kind of scares me because it's about government um, trying to like kidnap and exploit a child, and it's... Flight of the Navigator is kind of weird, man. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like E.T., but even darker. Um, it's also been a really long time since I've seen Flight of the Navigator. I just remember that like Mercury teardrop spaceship and the like eyeball that looks like the eyeball that came out of Jabba's palace that was just like, and they're like, I'm here to see Jabba. And it goes, and it like swoops out. Um, Star Wars languages. Why does everybody like understand? That's a whole nother thing. I don't know. They didn't have universal translators like in Star Trek or um, Babblefish like in Hitchhiker's Guide and other sci-fi nerdities that I could bore you for hours with. But let's talk about the box office roundup before I get too intoxicated and start just babbling about insanity uh, that I've read or watched in the course of my life, which would bore you all to death. There we go. Let's see the uh, box office, domestic box office for January 28th through 30th, 2022. Can you believe we're in 2022? This is a year after Johnny Mnemonic was was filmed wasn't that in 2021 or maybe it was 2022 i don't know but it's now the future is now music is the weapon um all right number 10 west side story uh number 10 is west side story bringing in five hundred and seventy three thousand dollars this weekend in the box office number nine licorice pizza bringing in 630 million or thousand not million uh, and it's only brought in 11.7 million at the box office in its uh, 10 weeks in release. Although being hailed by critics and panned by woke people, um, West Side or Licorice Pizza is having a very interesting journey. Um, yeah, check it out. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, we talked about it in depth on a previous episode. You can you can go watch that one. Number eight, Ghostbusters Afterlife, somehow still in theaters. It's still in 1,100 theaters nationwide, and it brought in seven. $176,000 at the box office, uh, $128 million domestically for its run. Number seven, American Underdog, bringing in $1.1 million. And its sixth weekend release for Lionsgate, bringing in $24.7 million. Vince coming in, correct, one year after Johnny Mnemonic. My God, how does this brain hold this bullshit? Um, I don't know. I'm broken. I am a 
I'm a broken human. Um, the 355, number six, coming in at $1.3 million on its fourth week in release, bringing in $13 million for Universal Pictures. Uh, speaking of Universal Pictures, I really want to go to Universal Studios Hollywood. They are renovating the Mummy Ride, which is the best ride, but one of the best roller coasters in the country, by the way. But in the meantime, they have done a Universal Studios Monsters, Universal Monsters gift shop. It's all Universal Monsters like merchandise in front of where the Mummy Ride is, which is kind of terrible because I want to go see the shop. But if I'm going to Universal Studios, I only want to ride that ride because I'm kind of afraid of heights and I don't really like roller coasters because I get vertigo because uh, I have mild GERDs and it makes me throw up. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But I really want to go see this gift shop. <clears throat> Maybe I'll do it, but then I won't get to ride the ride, and it's just like a whole conundrum, and it's terrible. But uh, 355, nobody's watching that movie. Number five, Kingsman, bringing in $1.6 million at the box office. Six weekends has brought in $33.9 million. Number four, Redeeming Love, $1.7 million at the box office. In its second really uh, weekend release from Universal Pictures, bringing in $6.4 million. Number three, Sing 2. Still out there in six weeks, bringing in $4.6 million, uh, bringing in total total of $134 million at the box office. Number two, number two, Scream, the, uh, the, the latest in the Scream franchise, bringing in $7.2 million at the box office. Uh, third week in release is brought up to $62 million. Everybody's like, yeah, it's not doing so good. No, it's doing really good. It's done over $100 million worldwide, uh, $62 million domestically for only being out for three weeks. Uh, Wes Craven would be proud if he were still with us. Uh, number one, of course because there's nothing else to go see. Spider-Man, No Way Home, $11 million in the box office. $11 million, $11 million more dollars in the box office. Number, It's only been out for seven weeks. It has brought in $735 million at the box office. It has kicked the billion-dollar club right in the balls. It is hitting $1.7 billion dollars worldwide I just I think we need a moment of silence to understand the gravity of what we've done and what we've created Andrew Garfield's already signed on for like 17 more Spider-Man parallel universe movies like Sony Sony's money boner is so engorged and throbbing right now that it's just going to penetrate all of our wallets for the foreseeable future. We are going to get Spider-Man crammed in orifices we didn't even know we wanted. Like, it is going to be so terrible. Because Spider-Man is a property that has tons of stories already written out. And the guy that wrote them is dead, so they don't have to argue with him. Like, they can just they can just bastardize Spider-Man till they're dead. We're, we're just going to get more memes. We're going to get, like, the, the, two, almost $2 billion in the theater? That's not counting merchandise not counting streaming it's not counting vod that's not counting everything that's gonna happen with this movie two billion dollars like evil james bond villains don't even ask for that much money and spider-man did it in seven weeks do you know what we could do as a population with with two billion dollars, do you know how many problems we could fix? Do you know how many renewable energies we could create? Do you know how many 
the homeless we could house? Do you know how many educations we could provide? Do you know how many bellies we could feed? But no, we want to go watch three Spider-Men point at each other and we're going to give it $2 billion. Don't get me started. I'm already started. $2 billion. And we're going to give it more next week. I know we are. I know we are. Here's my challenge to you. Don't watch Spider-Man anymore. Stop it. Just stop it. <sighs> but that's your box office. Number one movie in America. There you go. Um, all right, gang. Well, that's my show. I'm going to um, I'm gonna sign off here and eat more popcorn while I upload the podcast. Um, I'm be up here by myself and do my thing. So um, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out the podcast like subscribe facebook twitch youtube live shout outs to my man reed who tunes in in australia he can't ever see the live show but he does download the podcast so that is always fun that is always good uh vince says next week if possible it would be fun for you to give us a tour of what's displayed in your set backdrop oh man that would be fun. I actually was talking to someone just the other day. They sent me, they slid into those DMs, and he was like, yo, I really like the the, the set or, or the backdrop. You know, I was like, you know, that's a set. All this stuff's real. And he's like, wow, yeah, very cool. Yeah, we could do that because I have this camera. I've got, I've got like the got like the portable camera and we could go back there and we could like look at all the all the toys and we could just do a look at look at slimer you never get to see slimer's badonka donk um it's pretty it's pretty awesome um it's juicy you want to just like cup it uh and give it a squeeze but anyway i'm gonna get out of here um and thanks for tuning in we will see you guys next week maybe jake will be with us maybe not i don't know maybe i'll have a guest if jake's not gonna be here i was gonna have tyler from uh the director uh, and writer of um, uh, Flight, the the short film that I helped him uh, create. Uh, he was going to be up here, but he's doing a photo shoot because he's so cool. Um, but next week, maybe. So anyway, don't forget to like and subscribe. Send us an email. Um, if I can find my mouse, uh, I can stop the show. I'm just stalling for time now. Uh, Vince says, take care all. Get well, Jake. Send Jake your best. He, he needs it. He's going through a rough time right now but he will be back and hopefully in full health um pretty soon so uh there you go we'll see you guys next week i'm bo the boom operator and this has been the drive-in speaker box we'll see you guys next week <laughs>